thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Hello and welcome to the Psalm 1611 podcast, where we want to help ministers and small churches. For more information, please visit BethanyBBC.com or you can visit our Facebook page, Psalm 1611. This is episode 8, Leaving a Legacy. Welcome back to the Psalm 1611 podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us here on episode number eight. And we've got a good one in store for you today. It's leaving a legacy, how to deal with church transitions, how to act most effectively as a leader, and how to help your people most of all. I'm your co-host, Todd Teams. I'm here with our pastor, Robert Altman, on Psalm 1611. So we're just going to kind of dive into it. Um, The first thing we're going to talk about is founding pastors. So you're the founding pastor of Bethany. Um, How do you learn to let go of some ministries and maybe some teams that you've started? Well, um, it's difficult at first uh, because really trying to determine who's trustworthy or who fits the personal uh, profile to take over a ministry is is sometimes difficult. And uh, you're scared to release at first because you gave birth to that ministry, you led the ministry, the people that's in it, even though it's only a few, the people in the ministry, uh, you have a connection to, you've built a report with, and handing it off to somebody has to be the right fit, and you feel all that pressure. Um, so it's difficult. It can be very difficult. The more you're used to to building up to release, the better you get at it because you yeah. go into it expecting. When you first start a church, you're not you're hoping for certain things, and you're praying for certain things, but when they come to pass, they generally look different than what you thought they looked like. So the transition can be uh, be difficult, but it's very fruitful. Um, sometimes when you hand off a ministry, it does begin to die, and it goes back to what we've talked about in our previous podcast is you really have to be asking yourself, what is God doing for you You know, in this? So maybe sometimes even when you hand off a ministry, it is meant to pass away or even become something else. So transitioning is difficult. It takes time. Um, You're never going to do it exactly like you want it done. It's a lot of faith involved with it. So it's a a wonderful challenge in a pastor's life, a founding pastor's life, or any ministry leader's life that has a head and something off. It's a great opportunity to find your full joy in Jesus and find all the pleasure in Him versus finding it in the thing you're holding. So Right. And what he mentioned, this does go beyond just a pastor or a founding pastor. This goes right to the ministry leaders. No matter what you lead, there's going to be some part of your ministry that you're going to want to to hold on to, like a, like a pet almost. And you're scared to let somebody else watch your dog. Um, and so you're going to have to learn to do that, not only for your sake, but so that they may grow and lead and learn also. Um so, Pastor, go through and give us a time where transitioning worked. Give us a time where it said, yeah, this was, this was a great transition for us. Okay, so uh, something that worked out is actually you. It worked out, it worked out good. And um, n- not by my own will or design or desire. It fell into your lap when you were 17. Yep. So you, you began to have to feel through leadership at 17, and I'm sure that brought a whole 
a lot of emotions with it, a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of concerns. But um, it really worked well with you for several reasons. Number one, you were part of the church. Uh, Everybody in the church knew who you were. I think that's very important for your team, whoever you're handing off to a leader, another leader. They need to have some of a relationship with their new leader. I know that that there's all kind of hiring aspects there, but, man, building from within, creating opportunities for the team to get to know the leader. Uh, But it worked out because you had a drive for it. The church already uh, knew you. Um, You knew that that although it was your ministry, you knew before it was your ministry, it was God's ministry, and before it was your ministry, it was a church-wide ministry. So you took ownership, but you did not take control, if that that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. you took ownership, but you did not try to run it the way that just what you saw at 17, how to do it. So it was a great transition for me it was a great transition and it was a transition because we changed the music uh how we did it it went from being done what's called canned music or was what's being done through tracks tracks computer programs whatever we were doing that's how music was happening that's what the church was used to and we threw them into more live music congregational music they were used to listening more than singing but we had a a vision together that we wanted them to do more singing because we saw it as worship yeah versus listening so we wanted to engage them that was a transition live music was a transition um, man, it, it was a transition, and a lot of things did transist, but it worked out very good, and it's a product of the day because you're still here, the music's still going, the vision to get the church more involved in corporate worship, corporate singing has come to pass, and we're still working in that direction, but it was a good transition, and it, it was not necessarily on purpose, so mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for me to really put all that in a nutshell, but it, it wasn't on purpose. It kind of It was at a time that it worked. Yeah. Um, okay, real quick, just kind of share with us, and um, not want to leave out, I guess, personal aspects of this, but share with us a transition that didn't go so well, that not necessarily flopped over, but may it could have been just a little bit smoother. Any transition that has went bad here has usually been due to it was a force of human will. Um, and what I mean by that is I made the mistake of looking at, at a Saul versus a David. So uh, you look at somebody's ability, uh, you look at how they have presented themselves, their talk, even you look back at their resume and you look, man, these folks have been in church so long and uh, they have this much skill, they have this much you know, church etiquette about them. Uh, all the, what they brought to the table uh, superseded what I should have been looking for and looking at, and that's where, you know, don't look on just the height. Don't just look at the size. Don't just look at the glamour. Be sure to look at the heart. And the Lord knows the heart. So any transition here has not been on the fault of any person that I've put in play as much as been the fault of the force of human will. We thought that we needed a position. We made that position. Uh, We thought we just needed to fill the position, so we filled it. Be careful just to fill a position to have it. Yeah. Uh, be sure, uh, be very careful not to just have an uh, elected elder or deacon to fulfill a, a quota that's in the bylaws. When you get where there's no longer men qualified to meet the quota that's in your bylaws, be sure to start rethinking your bylaws and not force it. So uh, my biggest mistakes are force of human will. Uh, force of human will uh, was not sensitive to the timing. 
was not sensitive to the person's skill sets. Um, and we, we've seen that happen a lot. Uh, and I've had to do it sometimes out of necessity for different reasons. But now I've gotten a lot better at saying, hey, fill this spot for this long. You know, so th there has been some transitions that didn't work well. Um, and it's been more probably more on me than anybody else. Letting things go are very hard. I've put people in place that I didn't necessarily trust. And so then that creates um, a very strict oversight. And it really creates more work for me. And it creates um, me jumping the gun with them. So I'll give you several. I can give you an example using you probably oh before I'd use anybody else. And that is when anybody comes to me uh, and has in the past come to me with a musical idea, I always tell them we're not doing it without Todd. We want Todd. To, this, this is Todd's deal. I'm not overstepping Todd and losing that trust that, you know, I want you to have your say in it. I want you to filter it. I know you'll go along, but I, I really want more than that. I want you to say, here's a blind spot. Here's a blind spot. This is why we said we wouldn't do that in the past. This is why we need to do it. Sure. Let us roll. I mean, we made a decision recently to do a concert. Mm -hmm. And in years past, we would have just said, oh, we're just doing a concert. Wouldn't a but no, I wanted to talk with you, see what you thought, how you felt, would it work, would it, would it, um, and it's so easy for let things navigate you off of your main vision. So we go through all that, but if we did not have that kind of communication, that kind of trust, man, it would be, and I have put people in positions where I was like, man, I don't know if they're capable of doing this, and now I'm worried about it, and now I'm cutting them off, and that hurts their feelings, that makes them feel devalued. So pastors, leaders, if you help with the transition, it's better to be patient and take too long, so to speak, than get in a rush and just throw it in there because it creates a lot bigger of a problem. And sometimes it ain't time to have the ministry you want to start anyway. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, let's kind of flip the sides here. We've been talking about uh, the people that are kind of doing the transition, the people that are kind of overseeing the transition. Let's take a dive into the one that is being transitioned um so you've been the pastor here for 11 and something years um but before that you were pastors of other churches um i can think of two other instances but what is it like and how do you handle uh in a godly way transitioning through whether it be a pastorate or a ministry or just another role at church you always want to leave on a good note, no matter how bad the situation is. Yeah. That th it's healthy for you to look for God's design in your leaving. If you did not make a vote, and I've been there, I've been there and done that as a, as a younger uh, pastor, not even out of college, uh, you don't make a vote. And the reason you don't make a vote is because there's loopholes in the bylaws or People, you know, you can bring groups of people in that don't even don't even go to that church, don't even contribute, but their name's still on the roll, and they, you know, they haven't been there in seven years, but they show up to, to do a favor for a buddy by not voting in the direction of the pastor you don't like or whatever. So I've been there, um, and in all honesty, no qualms with that whatsoever. And the reason is, is I truly believed at the time and believe to this to this day that um, God's will was going to be flushed out through a vote or maybe you leave because it's time to leave maybe you are frustrated i've been there i've been in a spot uh where i was very frustrated where i saw the pattern and the pattern was way too big for me in my real early 20s the pattern of 
the way the operation of the ministry was, and I knew that it could be rerouted. I did not want to spend 15 years trying to reroute it and it may come out as a casualty. And if you've, you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Churches have casualties. So I pulled up and left. Uh, and when I left, I remained friends with all the leaders. Um, no qualms against them. It really was not an individual at all for the reason I left. I just saw the thing as a whole after working in it and saw how big of challenges I was going to face and I knew I wasn't equipped so you always want to leave with a kiss you don't I was I'm still friends with the two churches you meant there's there's been uh at least one other I worked with for some time I tried to remain friends with everybody uh there's four churches that's all together there we go I'm trying to get it so I try to remain friends try to remain positive um because the churches are not necessarily in Barmel but within you know a, a, a stone's throw of Barmel so uh, trying to remain friends, be, be encouraging those ministries. I've heard good about those ministries over the years. I've heard bad. I never side on bad. I always side on good. You always side on good because it's not healthy for you nor for others for you to be derogatory. You, you mm-hmm. can't, if you can't help the situation, you're just gossiping. So right. pointing all the glory back to God and reminding them that God's in control in the good and bad. You just, you just got to leave with grace. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's hard. So uh, you might need somebody you can vent to and talk to when you're leaving. Uh, I've had pastor friends leave places, church members leave places that I'm friends with, and they need to vent. They'll call, confide, and they'll just regurgitate all their hurt, all their pain, all their confusion. They're looking for direction. If you need that, make sure it's a close, confident, that loves Jesus. Right. Because you're not going to get your joy out of a ministry. You're mm-hmm. not going to get your joy out of somebody's just them just rambling off at you. Your joy is going to come in the presence of God. And trust me, the presence of God is not in a bunch of complaining, unthankful, bitter people feeding your hurt. Right. You know, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, keep that in mind. So transitioning, make sure you're ready to go. Um, Leave with grace. Uh, Don't worry about how you get treated financially out the door. Uh, money's nothing but a thing. Don't worry about how you get treated by mm-hmm. people are going to try to guess why you're leaving. Um, their guess is not reality. People are going to be hurt when you leave. People are going to be happy <laughs> when you leave. <laughs> um, and you just have to leave and understand that it's, it's something bigger going on than just you in that place. And God wants you to get the full joy from him and not a place or a ministry. Yep. All right. So we're going to jump back to the other side. Um, how do you help set up your team? Uh, I'm going to call them the elders because that's the system we have here. How do you set up your team, your elders, to be spiritual leaders and to be prepared for a transition? You talk about it. You be real. I, I try to be real, um, as transparent as I can be with our leadership here and reminding them that every pastor has a lifespan, whether it's they go crazy and leave uh, they get tired of ministry and they just get out of it. They get called to another place or they die. There's all kinds of scenarios that happens. If you've been a church member long enough, you've probably been through a few pastors. Um, realize that you do have a lifespan in ministry and communicate it with them. And I try my best to say, hey, guys, you know, we want to build the church organization so it can be handed off rightly. Mm-hmm. So we do have a chance, the church does have a chance to select another pastor, another lead pastor, 
um, that that lead pastor, when they come in, has the opportunity uh, to survive and thrive. So you want to create a system that works for an exit and an entrance. And we try to be clear about that. That's something we're working on now mm-hmm. is making sure that every few years we check on to make sure that through what we've learned over the years that we have a good system in place. Be transparent about it. Talk about it. That's hard for pastors to do. Uh, their ego may think, man, I'm going to be here forever. Oh, I'm going to be here until I'm, I'm, I'm for, no, for 40 years. Well, I've been here 11. And uh, looking back, you know, when I first started, I thought, oh, 25 years. But by year five or six, I was really wondering if there was going to be a seven or eight or nine and ten. And, you know, you, you, start, you actually begin to wonder about those things because you experience more life and you begin to realize you're not made out of near what you thought you were. You're, you're really not. And you begin to realize the, that your life is vulnerable, um, that there's a lot more going on than you, than you thought would be going on. So um, talk about it. Write it down. <laughs> you know, make sure that you're, that you're not only discussing it with your elders, but you come up with a plan that you can vote on. Uh, and if your system's set up where you take it to the church to verify it, uh, however it's set up, different churches set up different ways. But make sure you go through those processes and the whole church knows and has confidence that our leadership cares about the next generation, our children, our grandchildren. Um, they care about the whole. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's very important. So um, discuss it. Be transparent about it. Don't take it lightly. Don't bring it up that you might leave for attention. Don't bring it up that... You know, you never know when I'm going to walk away. Don't bring those things up as a tension getter or out of bitterness or yeah. out of fear because you'll plant seeds that are that grow into to very bad things as, as life goes on. So talk about it, uh, write it down, communicate it, uh, pray about it, and um, be prepared to hand it off because every minister in any ministry has a life span. Yeah. So you just got to keep that in mind. Okay, we're going to end with this. Um and this is something I've heard uh, throughout college, uh, even before college, was you need to have somebody that you're mentoring, that you've got, that you're training up to one day take your place, whether it be as a worship leader, whether it be as a volunteer in the junior church or a pastor. So how do you set someone up to be your helpmate and to take your place one day? There's a lot of complexities in that. And simply put, you disciple in faith that God is going to use the person you're discipling greatly for his glory. You just believe the best for them and you dump yourself into them and you share your information, your experiences, and you treat them as disciples of Jesus and have faith that this could be the next person. But if not here, somewhere. Right. You may be helping them on their journey elsewhere. They may graduate, go to college, they may get out of college, get a job, move away, but you are preparing them for their next step in ministry. Um, But if you know someone's been picked out and you know that they've committed to stay, you've got to go off that. Uh, The best way to hand it off is always empower and entrust, okay? Mm -hmm. So you give them the tools to succeed. You really explain to them some blind spots you didn't see coming through. You give them opportunity to shine with protection. And when I say shine, I'm not talking about some kind of getting God, getting God's glory. But give them an opportunity to do right. things that they would not do. Um, handing off some of the responsibilities here, I give people that's working with me, hey, 
Here it is. It's you. This is you. Now, I know that, and as a leader, you cannot expect the event you hand off or the ministry you hand off or for the time you let them serve in a capacity you would. You cannot expect it to be you. They're not you. Right. It may be a whole lot better what you would do, or they may stumble out the gate. But you can't look at them and say, man, you didn't do it like I would do it. They're not, yeah. they're not many yous. Right. They, they can carry on the philosophy you have of, of who God is and excellency. They can carry on that philosophy, but they're not going to perform like uh, you perform. So handing it off on somebody like you're in, I mean, you're looking for somebody who has to be talented. Uh, somebody has to be approved of the church. That means their character mm-hmm. has to be high. There's a lot of things there. In my case, I mean, really, when that time comes, I've got to be able to sit down with the elders and leaders and say, yeah. hey, guys, um, not leaving, not running off, but we need to begin amongst ourselves to pray and start discovering, is there anybody within our ranks that we should recommend that I groom mm-hmm. for the for to, to pastor this Continue location or maybe campus pastor, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. or somebody, the next staff member, whatever the case is. That has to be a group effort. So, um, you know, different different guidelines for different areas, but be sure not to expect them to be you. Give them opportunity to shine. Disciple them toward Jesus. Keep the Bible out front. Um, help them understand the church culture that they're in. Give them those blind spots. Hey, look out for this in your life because it's coming. And uh, then watch them grow. And once they fall, pick them up. And if they outgrow you, thank God for it because yeah. we need some of that. We need people to be better than us in those areas. Yep. And uh, remember, the church is a body. The Bible says we're many members from many parts. Not everybody's going to be a big toe. Not everybody's going to be a kidney. But everybody's got their own role and their own job in church. So uh, we thank, thank you for listening to this episode today. We hope it helps you on leaving a legacy, how to help your church transition and how to be a better leader because of it. Hope you join us next time, episode 9 on Psalm 1611. Thanks for listening to the Psalm 1611 podcast. Again, for more information, you can check out bethanybbc.com or visit our Facebook page, Psalm 1611.